Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques in Discussion. This evening, today, I have got the enormous pleasure of being joined by German photographer Uwe Langmann. Good evening, Uwe. Good evening. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I suspect I've probably pronounced your first name wrong, but um, hopefully you can you <laughs> well, can correct. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, hopefully you can you can correct us. Obviously, we're we're here to talk about a couple of your books, which I have the pleasure of having. Your latest book, which is Mono No Aware, and another book of yours, which was Vanishing Time, which was last year, 2020. And um, so we'll come to talk about those in a minute. Um, but before we do, it would be great for uh, if you could give us an introduction to yourself and your photography. Yeah, of course. I'm a self-taught photographer and I'm now working as a full-time artist here in Germany. That means that I earn most of my income by selling limited edition prints in exhibitions, galleries, as well yep. as art fairs and stuff like that. And I think I'm mostly well known for my minimalistic landscape works that yep. include all kinds of subjects from classical landscape scenes to animals, architecture sometimes, nature details, but mostly um, environment, uh, the human traces that we leave in the environment. That's the strongest point that I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I, I followed your work online now for, for a, a, a significant period of time and I, I'm always a huge admirer of your, of your new images, as you say, very minimal, um, but, but beautifully composed and, and beautiful themes running through them. Um, you've obviously got a couple of books out and your latest one was Mono No Aware. Um, yeah, it's uh, Mono No Aware, actually. It's Japanese, not English. So yep. okay. <laughs> maybe there's a misunderstanding sometime, yeah, I, but I, it's I, Mono No Aware. Right, very nice. Um, yeah, so that that's obviously your latest, your your most recent book. So I'd be keen to understand what what the inspiration was and and what your what your thought process was in terms of approaching this book. Uh, so this book came about because of a trip to Sweden I was taking this year. Uh, yep. I initially wanted to go to Japan, but this wasn't possible because of the Corona crisis and the yep. closed borders in Japan. So I was looking around, where can I go in the winter to make my photographers uh, photographs? Yeah. Because in Germany, I have uh, visited most places already that are of interest to me. So I'm looking to expand a little yes. bit. Very good. And uh, because I'm very inspired by Japanese art, in fact, I wanted yep. to visit Japan. But uh, this wasn't going at all. So I made new plans and was going to Sweden and yep. I found it very interesting when I arrived in Sweden that um, the culture of Sweden isn't that uh, much different from uh, the Japanese culture in fact or let's say the behavior of the people so they yes. are very very aware and mindful and very respectful to others and yep. um very much different from most other European countries that I have visited so far. And also there were some really interesting uh, things that I saw that uh, really reminded me of Japan, uh, of Japan and Japanese architecture. Yeah. You can find in the book, for instance, a picture of a little uh, wooden pavilion where you would think this is clearly in Japan or in China or something. Absolutely. And this was, in fact, one of the first uh, stops that I had in northern Sweden. And I came to this beach where this pavilion was standing direct in front of me. And I thought, oh, wow, am I in Japan now or yeah. still in Sweden? 
Yeah. And yeah, so I wanted to kind of reflect this uh, mix of cultures of yeah. the Northern European and the Japanese, which are both of great influence to me and your photography. Yeah. To my yeah. photography. Yeah, it's certainly from, from looking through the book, there is a real Japanese feel to to the environment and to as you say when you talk about the pavilion and also some of the beautiful rows of trees that you photographed as well very much remind me of of my travels in japan and of, and of japanese photography as well and um, there's definitely a, a a resemblance between the cultures which comes across beautifully in your work yeah, thanks. Uh, trees actually are mostly photographed in Germany. So yeah, it's, right. uh, it's, I think, uh, well known that uh, Hokkaido has yes. quite a lot of similarities to Bavaria. That's where I come from initially yep. and where I take most of my winter photographs in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 work that you produce clearly you have a you have a big a big love affair with winter conditions, which which really help to create just the beautiful minimal look that you you present in your work. Yes, this was a coincidence when I started to yep. photograph in the first place. It was winter time, and I was in Bavaria and driving around, and I first photographed wooden huts and trees and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, very much inspired by Michael Kenner back yes. then and so I think when it first really started to get into my own style I saw a little um, wooden hut where you could see only the roof of the hut and this made this perfect triangle behind a wall of snow Beautiful. and I was driving in a car and seeing this and I drove past I drove past it and was smiling and so oh, it's pretty nice but I didn't take the photo instantly so I had just to go home and think about it and then the next day I went again and made a photograph and yeah from this on I started to become a little more abstract and go more into a way of um, into a way of let's say not just photographing the world like yes. you see it not just a landscape but a little bit an abstraction of the landscape yeah and an inner landscape so that it portrays more the emotions of of me that yes. i'm having in this. yeah yeah i I, th I think your your images also represent a wonderful atmosphere of the landscape as well that, that you're working in and you can you can really get a feel for the some of the conditions and that, that you're maybe photographing as well Yes, that's a very important point to me. I'm much more um, inspired by filmmakers, actually, than mm -hmm. by photographers. So yep. when I first started out with uh, making art, I was making short movies okay. and uh, sh short commercial films for local businesses, actually. Yep. Right. And it was through that that I came to photography later. Yes. But um, I'm very much inspired by filmmakers like, uh, let's say, Andrei Tarkovsky, for instance, where there's this heavy, dense atmosphere. He's working with fog all the time, and it's very slow and reflective, yep. very reflective, meditative uh, mood. And yes. that's uh, what I'm trying to achieve in my photography as well. Yeah, well, it, it, your your work, as I've said, is, is absolutely beautiful, and I, I thoroughly enjoy looking, seeing it online. But I even enjoy it more so in your books because they're they're really beautifully printed, and and yeah, I, th I think the 
the the texture and the time that you've spent considering how your how you want your book to look and, and appear and the work to appear really really adds to the to the experience because as you as you say you you photograph a variety of of themes you're you're photographing trees animals the landscape water there's the occasional person in the photographs as well so it, it, it you you blend it all together really nicely a whole range and really considering the whole of the environment as well yeah the themes uh slowly progressed and uh, I'm always looking for more things that I can integrate into my style. So when yep. I started, ob obviously in winter, yep. I had this uh, possibility to make these uh, abstract photos of trees and huts and little posts uh, standing as a fence and yep. stuff like that, that you already know. But yes. uh, I always was looking for ways to get past this and yep. um, have something new to integrate into the style, but uh, without uh, losing it. Yes. So yep. then I started to integrate uh, gray overcast skies, for instance, with birds flying and yep. uh, water surfaces when it's uh, foggy outside. So and there, there's not 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 much uh, wind, yep. so that they become almost smooth, but not really smooth. Yes, yep, I know what you mean. So that I can uh, photograph the little waves. Yes, that makes uh, shapes and patterns and things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's really good the way that you've managed to incorporate these elements while still retaining your very unique and very distinct style as well. Um, and and you really cut down to so the the elements that compose your photographs because they are so well composed. It's just there are just very very few elements that make up the composition as well. Yeah, I'm always looking to be as minimal as possible and have yeah. just uh, the absolute bare minimum what the picture needs and not, not much else, but maybe yeah. a little speck or something that's a little disorienting so that the picture doesn't become boring or too obvious. Absolutely. So I like that to have a little flaw or something going on in a picture that you wouldn't really uh, thought of before. Yeah, I, I think it works really well. I'm, I'm, I always take the view that it's quite nice to leave something to the imagination of the viewer as opposed to telling them the whole story. Let them to let them to think about it for themselves as well and, and draw them into the draw them into the picture as they're looking through the book. Yes, that's absolutely my main motivation because I think photography is so often so in your face uh, and yeah, pretty dull. <laughs> yes, I may say this. <clears throat> yeah, um, I really, really for a long time wasn't uh, in photography at all because yep. I thought it's all just documentary stuff and this yep. uh, very, very in-your-face um, advertising photography and things like that. And I really wanted to make something that makes you think and feel the emotions that are in you already, but yep. brings this out and helps you to focus your uh, your thoughts on new new uh, themes in yes. your life yep. where you before weren't really thinking about much yeah absolutely yes I, th I think I think that works really well and I, I think your work really sends that message across and I th the other book I've got from of yours is vanishing time which again I think is is a is a beautiful collection of work. Um, I particularly like the the image of the six boats, which reminds me very much of Japan. Oh. 
It's a, it's yes, a it's true. <laughs> yeah, beautiful with the mostly white boats, but a beautiful red boat at the end. <laughs> and what 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 was what was your your thought process and your inspiration behind uh, Vanishing Time? Uh, so the Vanishing Time series and the Mononoa Ware are yep. actually quite similar. So this is yes. more or less one project. This uh, yep. the title has now changed to yep. Mononoa Ware. Right. Yeah. And in Vanishing Time, my my initial approach was that uh, I wanted to make a series about photographs where time seemingly doesn't exist. Right. So yeah. you have a, a moment in in time, and it's uh, looked through the lens and through my eyes. But yes. you, you cannot. Uh, you have no no sense of time. You can completely get lost into that one moment that I captured. Yeah. So that was the thought process behind that. Yeah, very nice. And the the images, as as I've said, your work when you're turning through the pages, it it has the appeal to to draw you in, and you stop and you think and you consider and you you just enjoy the work as opposed to just flicking through or if it was online you're just you're scrolling down so quickly that you just miss so much nice work the book allows you just to sit down with the book and, and actually enjoy and, and take in and experience the work that's the hope yeah <laughs> yeah but but no the, the two the two books are the two books are beautiful and i know you obviously you self-published them both um how, how did you go about the process of having a large collection of images and then sequencing it and, and narrowing it down to the work that comprises the book. Yeah, that's a pretty painful process all the time. So I start uh, out with uh, making a little uh, folder on my computer and putting yep. everything in that I find is good work. Yes. And then I go in InDesign and uh, look for my layout first. Yep. So how, how do I want to lay out? It's a high format, a wide format. Yep. And then I start putting some images in, looking yep. at them next to another and stuff like that. And it's a slowly evolving process that yes. takes mostly five or six months. So on and yep. off, of course. Yes. But I, I really like doing this because it also helps me for exhibitions then later on. Yep. what kind of images are good next to another and how to present them to the audience. Uh, absolutely. And, and do you do you take, do you get input from any friends or family in t once you've once you've maybe got an initial sequence together? Do you do you take um, input from other people in terms of what they think of the sequence and how they think it flows? Or do you just go with your own instinct? Uh, yeah, I take a little little yeah. input, of course. So my girlfriend is also a photographer. Very good. And yep. she always looks on it when it's first, uh, yes. when, when the first sequence is ready, I show it to her first. Yep. And then later on, I have some good friends who are artists, like sculpture and painters. Very and good. they are always looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really interesting because they have such a different approach often. Yes. And would um, do things completely the opposite than you. And sometimes it's really good, you think. And yeah. sometimes I stay with what I did initially. Yeah. And it's really interesting um, process. Absolutely. Because I think, I think when you have other people take a look at your work, they don't have the emotional connection to the images as you have to your own work and and everyone oh, ev ev everyone everyone sees things so differently so as you say if you if you go if you show the same work to two or three different people 
each person will see it very differently. And it's not to say that some of it's right and some of it's wrong, but as you correctly point out, some things you might change, but actually some things you've, you've done it in a certain way and, and you've got to stick with what, what actually you want because it's, yes, it's, yes. it's you your have book to, at the end of the day. To stay true to your initial vision, of course. Absolutely. You have to look that uh, it doesn't get overread by what yep. others want it to be. Yes. That's always very important in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, not just with books but uh, generally with your photography so when yeah. i started out for instance i have shown my pictures only to my friends and family and they all didn't like it uh, very much in the beginning <laughs> when i made these minimalistic pictures so yeah. my family does not have much of an art background and right. they thought this was boring and uh there's nothing on the picture and <laughs> what is he doing yeah but uh i thought i am on something and uh, just got on with it absolutely I, yeah absolutely you've got to stay true to what what you want to photograph because it's it's your work and you won't get any satisfaction or enjoyment in producing work that you don't truly believe in and, and, and love for yourself no it's really important that you like to picture yourself yeah in the and first place <laughs> Absolutely, there's no. You have to shoot for. You have to photograph for yourself, and then if other people like it, then then that's that's always a, a bonus. But, uh, but you can't you can't please everyone, um, certainly. And obviously, the as I was we were talking about beforehand, I, I think the production quality of your book is absolutely beautiful. Um, no, thank you. The, the the images, whilst are minimal, I, I think they've been so well placed. And in terms of sizing and location on the pages that you really have given them a lot of space just to, 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 to breathe effectively themselves and, and, and to take a position in, in the, in the work. And how, how much, how much of a challenge was it to get the right paper selection? Because as we talked about before, the choice of paper can have such an impact on how the work appears and, and what the experience is like for someone looking through your book. Yeah, actually the, Two books you have, Vanishing Time and Mono Noaware, are yep. pretty much the same in papers. Yeah. So I did the research work for the first book, Vanishing Time. Yeah. And I was uh, looking at many papers and mostly uncoated papers. Yeah. Because I like the, the appearance much more than uh, coated papers, which always have a glossy Finish. surface. Yep. And uh, I really, really like this completely matte and natural look uh, for my images. Yeah. I also, when, when I make my fine art prints, they are on uncoated cotton papers. So they yes. are a little rougher even than the ones yeah. on a book. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, this really adds something uh, to the picture, not just the matte surface that brings it a little bit into the realms of art, let's say uh, yeah. watercolor paintings and stuff like this. So people often ask me if this is painted or photographed in fact yes. and they often don't believe me when i say it's a photography so that's uh, one one of the effects that's achieved by the paper actually yeah. yes and also what is uh, quite interesting i think that uh, the paper is so rough and has a little let's say like like noise like background noise yes. if you don't have this background noise the picture gets a little empty and boring so you need this like a static noise in a in the background yes because it keeps the eye a little moving and makes yeah. it more interesting yeah yeah i i definitely I, th I think the take the textured paper particularly for your style of photography i think works really well 
and, and it's, it's so effective. Um, I think the experience of looking through this book, if it was a coated, glossier paper, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think it would be a very different experience. And actually, the, the, the texture of the whiteness of the paper and the matte finish works so well with the style of photography that you should. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks. And maybe that's also because I said in here that the viewer has to bring out... Uh, bring into the pictures his own thoughts and em emotions. Maybe with a glossy surface, that's not even possible because it's reflecting yeah. him back and it's not allowing him inside the picture. Yeah. Just Ab to sort it. No, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, yeah, every time, every time I look through your book, I think I find a new favorite image every time because <laughs> It's 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 the it's it's very much a style of photography I like very much minimal and and but, but just beautifully composed components. Um, that's the other thing. It's very easy to do a minimal photograph, but to actually do it with such effect, um, I think Thanks. it's, it's, it's very nice to hear. And yeah, and it, it just it works. Your 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 work works really well, and I do hope you manage to get to Japan at some point because um, I think I wonderful. hope so. I have slight hopes for next winter. Uh, yes. This year won't go as well, but um, I'm going back to Sweden to northern Sweden, so I think that will be wonderful as well. And then hopefully next year to Japan. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine northern Sweden is somewhere I would love to go and visit in the winter months as well. Uh, to, be to be surrounded up to my waist in snow. Um, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a wonderful experience, um, and mm. maybe maybe one day I will I will get there, and hopefully one day I'll also get back to Japan as well. Um, yeah, Sweden is really great. So when I was looking for places to go, I yeah. always saw on the internet the pictures of Norway and Finland, and such. All this this looks yes. great, and then Sweden looked always a little bit boring in my opinion. Yeah. But when I was there, I found it really really great, and um, so thankful that i had the chance to be there yeah well that that's yeah and it's you've produced you've produced great work and i'm sure when you return um with it with a more familiar you'll 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 expand your portfolio of work from from sweden as well i would imagine incredibly um so i'm, I'm keen to i'm keen to obviously understand um I talk about photo books a lot and that's what the, the podcast is about. So I'm quite interested to, to understand maybe th three or four of your favorite photo books from other photographers. Yeah, of course. Um, I have uh, put uh, just three. Yep, that's <laughs> I hope fine. That's, yep. it, that's okay. Yeah, yeah uh, three I, is fine. Yep. The first one is uh, by Hans Christian Schink, a German photographer, and it's called uh, One Hour. Right. I don't know if you have seen this already. No, I've not seen it, so no. He is taking uh, pictures of the sun right. for one hour with a, a large format camera. Yeah. And there's this uh, strange process that happens uh, when you photograph the sun too long, then it burns inside the, the, um, the film surface. And it leaves right. this uh, black straight, uh, this black line inside. And he combines this with really, really great landscape work. And that's uh, what right. I find very fascinating is that uh, it really ch changes the reality. It becomes completely surreal, something that you cannot see without a photography technique. So right. it's not possible to see this with your own eyes, but only through a photograph. Uh, All right. That sounds, that sounds very interesting. Sounds something that I will have to go and have a look at. 
Yeah, yeah you should definitely check this out. Also, right. his other stuff is very different. He's much more into this uh, docu documentary art, yep. artistic documentary stuff, but also really, really good. So I highly yep. recommend All checking right. him out. Excellent. Uh, awesome. Next, yeah, next one. <laughs> next one is uh, by Nadav Kanda, Yangtze, The Long River. Right. I think you surely will know this. Yep. <laughs> I think it's one of the best... Uh, books and one of the best series in this kind of style we just talked about was this uh, artistical documentary yes. because it has so much going on it's yep. uh, um, political it's uh, environment uh, change of a human face for china it really shows shows the growth and the impact that it has yes. but also has the emotional side and he has some pictures inside that show very small minor details that you wouldn't find in this kind of series often yeah so i really really love this book and the series good by yep. him he's a great photographer as well yeah, yeah really nice work and the third one that i've chosen is a very little book uh, called uh, just by the photographer's name, it's uh, Callahan David Sugimoto. It's a book by Steidel Verlag in Germany. Yeah. And it uh, has a collection of these three photographers, Harry Callahan, Björn Davidson, and uh, Hiroshi Sugimoto. Yeah. Well, all, all three of them do really crazy things in photography uh, that have really, really inspired me to see the world differently and also yep. go in a similar direction sometimes. Yeah. And this book puts three of my uh, favorite photographers together and shows similarities and oppo opposites of them. All right. And it's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds good. I've got one of uh, Sudimoto's book is Seascape's book, which is a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. If not a very big course, and heavy, very, heavy book. Very nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really nice. But it is great to, to have three photographers put together into the same and to be able to see similarities and comparisons i think i think that's a wonderful idea for for someone to have produced yeah it's really interesting and this sugimoto seascape for instance was uh, also very important to me yep. to create this uh these seascape images that are in the two books that yes. you've seen where it's only water surfaces but yep. i wanted to do it very different from sugimoto yes. he's uh, very very mechanical i would say those images are very bleak and yeah kind of uh, they they don't suck you in they really pull you off and hold you at a distance because you wanted them to be how do you say not not emotional but yes. um i i don't find the real word <laughs> right yeah, I, I i know exactly what you mean i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the word as well but i i can't think of it but i know i know exactly what you mean yeah and uh, i wanted to go exactly the different uh, direction, direction and have yeah. images that really pull you in and have an emotional attachment even yeah. through it's just water and sky that you see you can really think about everything when yes. you look at them so yeah ab absolutely it's uh, yeah it's it's fascinating how you can just take a slightly different approach with the same subject matter with a similar subject matter and produce a uh, such such different storylines and, and different uh, stories to tell the viewer yeah exactly that's uh i think the the, 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 the best way to yeah take the inspiration and 
you yeah. you have to take it from others of course but you have to make it your own then in the end if you just do the same then it's boring and unimportant absolutely yeah everyone has to find has to find their own their own story their own vision and their own style in terms of <clears throat> excuse me in terms of how in terms of how they want to present the work um, so what 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 are your plans for the for the future have are you have you got do you think you'll continue to produce a few more books uh, maybe different projects or, or or of a similar theme uh, i don't really plan that much i have to say i yep. let uh, things come to me but uh, yep. yet uh, i have a little little trip planned to the border of denmark for right. this month actually Lovely. because there's the memoration of the starlings yeah it's yes. the, the one of the biggest spots in uh, europe where they crowd cool. Very good. And uh, I want to photograph there yeah, and uh, continue with this. What I I um, started this in Sweden, actually, when yes. I was, uh, was in November. Yep. There were some smaller crowds of starlings that yes. were doing this murmuration formation flight. Yep. And I found this so fascinating that I want to see the real deal now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. hope that I can do something with it that fits my work. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure you will. Your 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 bird photography and the images in the book is really fits your style so well. Um, I'm. Um, yeah, I, I think, and the cover as well. The cover, I think, is a, a beautiful shot of uh, of the birds as well, just tapering off to the the right hand side. Really, very, very yeah. Nice. That's just a coincidence, of course. You have yeah. to be lucky. I uh, took. Yeah. Five or six thousand pictures, and this one was good. That's I can imagine. There's there's certain things. Yeah, you just press the shutter and keep on pressing the shutter. And of hope, course, and, and they hope, fly and very very fast, and you can't plan anything. But that's it. That's the joy of taking photography, in my opinion. Absolutely. When you, when you then look and find one picture that's perfect, it's it's worth it. Yeah, like I said, I don't like to plan that much when I yeah. go on to a trip. I always have some um, some places I want to visit and yeah. some ideas. And the most and the mostly the good work is on the road. Yes. Stuff that I find on the road, and yeah. often you come to the place you wanted to go, and then you stand there and oh, <laughs> not that interesting at all. Yeah, <laughs> why yeah. am I here? Yeah, whereas the journey to get to that place, you're stopping every hundred yards, every hundred meters because you see something that you never knew existed, and and that's yeah, of where, course, that's where you find the beautiful shots. Just, for instance, now in Sweden, there was uh, one day where it had a complete whiteout; you couldn't see. Yeah, maybe 100 meters, not more. And uh, we were going to Luleå. It's a country up in the north. And okay. when you go into the country, you drive uh, over a bridge, a longer yes. bridge. I think it's five, six hundred meters long. Yep. And I was just uh, going on the parking lot next to the bridge and then was uh, walking over the bridge on both sides. And I had maybe 20 good pictures afterwards. Jeez, and yeah. then uh, then you drive 300 miles and you have not one interesting yeah. picture so it's yeah absolutely but but that's part of that's part of the the enjoyment of photography it's the un, it's the unexpected exactly you, otherwise it would be boring indeed and we would all come back with the same pictures from exactly the same place and it's it's you you capture a moment in time which may never be repeated um 
but yeah, it's 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 great to see your work. It's been is is really been a pleasure to to chat to you, Ruby, about it because yeah, as I said, I really I really enjoy seeing <clears throat> seeing your work. Um, is is very very appealing, and I'm a big fan of your books as well. I think they're, they're they've been beautifully made. Um, so I would I would really just like to thank you for giving me up your some of your time this evening to talk to me. It's it's really been no a problem. pleasure to speak and to you about your work. You're welcome, and thank you very much. Thank you.